This is The Last of Us podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Last of Us, Episode 2, Infected. There's so many. The last time we were here, they were still deep inside the buildings. Then I guess enough people came through looking for the QZ. We went inside seeking shelter. And that's how they get more and more of the city, bit by bit, year after year. They're connected. More than you know. The fungus also grows underground. Long fibers like wires, some of them stretching over a mile. You step on a patch of cordyceps in one place, and you can wake a dozen infected from somewhere else. Now they know where you are, now they come. You're not immune from being ripped apart. You understand? It's important. I'm trying to keep you alive. Welcome back, fellow survivors. This is the Last of Us podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about episode two of The Last of Us Infected. I am one of your hosts, John. I am one of your other hosts, Derek. And I am also foreshadowing something really important that's going to be said, quite importantly, and then it happens at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as she said that, sorry, I'm Chris. Hello, welcome. As soon as Tess said that, I was like, okay, we're gonna. That's gonna be important. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Was. Yeah. So you're gonna say goodbye at the start of the show, Chris? Is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, I'm gonna say, have you heard about Patreon.com/slash TV Podcast Industries? <laughs> Find out more at the end of this episode. Like us, very like us. good. Another quick reminder as well, fellow survivors, to all of you that are thinking about joining us for the Last of Us World's End Pub Quiz as well. Question two will be coming up later, uh, but don't forget to email in your nine answers. Uh, for the pub quiz uh, at the end of the season to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and for an extra special chance to get your hands on The Last of Us Part 1 for PlayStation 5 or PC you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and you can send us an email with those details. Excellent, excellent. Yes, uh, already getting a few ratings in uh, on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much uh, to those of you who've done that so far. And I hope everybody else is taking uh, down the questions and putting in the uh, the answers and sending them into us at the end of the season. Uh, you can also find the questions uh, for the pub quiz each week up on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast as well if you haven't subscribed to it. Yes, join us on any running or clicking podcast catcher of your choice mm-hmm. but please note if we are just clicking and all you're hearing is clicking there's probably something wrong with your device or your mm. headphones yes. we do actually sound normal yeah. or there is a big issue uh, about to happen in dublin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess yes wouldn't be the first time dublin is the epicenter of something but eh. yeah hopefully that, not that the is, cordyceps uh yes. break. Yeah. Hopefully not another pandemic of some description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
Uh, as well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on The Last of Us TV show. So please send in your thoughts, theories, comments uh, to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com mm-hmm. where we will share them on the podcast after each and every episode. And of course, we also have our Facebook group where you can join us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries uh, where we put up a spoiler post where you can again leave your thoughts, theories and comments on each episode of The Last of Us, which again, we will share uh, in the feedback section after our podcast discussion. But with that Federer public service announcement Mm -hmm. uh, out of the way, uh, let us get into our spoiler filled discussion of episode two, Infected. Derek. Who gave us what, where, when, how, and why? Well, details for this episode are quite easy, actually. Uh, This is based on the PlayStation game written by Neil Druckmann, directed by Bruce Straley, and from game publisher Naughty Dog. The show is written and executive produced by Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann. This episode was written by Craig Mason, and in his directorial debut, Neil Druckmann has directed the episode. (laughs) Excellent That actually is a real gasp there. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, this is cool. Isn't it? Isn't that really cool? That is very cool. So going from game creator to director of the show. And I think we'll probably talk about it as we go, but uh, some really, really cool moments in this episode from a directorial standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Last of Us Episode 2 Infected? Sure. In Jakarta, Indonesia in 2003, Ibu Ratna, a professor of mycology, is brought in by the army to examine a body bitten by a co-worker in a wheat milling facility and infected with cordyceps. The authorities are looking for a cure to prevent the spread of this emerging outbreak, but after her shocking discovery, her advice is simple. Start bombing the city and everyone in it. In the present, after escaping the quarantine zone, Ellie has questions to answer after it is discovered that she is infected. She explains to Joel and Tess that she is immune and is being transported west in hopes of being used to find a cure by the Fireflies. Searching for a way through the city to the waiting Fireflies at the Boston State House, they discover their preferred route, the long way round, is littered with newly infected. Looking at the mass of infected from on high, Tess explains to Ellie how they are connected through the mycorrhizal network or fibres, to try and warn her that her immunity doesn't stretch to being ripped apart. The threesome must now cut around the infected through the Bostonian Museum, a shorter route, but one that Joel and Tess are apprehensive about. Entering the museum, there are signs of the presence of a clicker, an infected that is blind but uses sounds and vibrations to locate its victims. Moving slowly and with care, they are close to making their way to safety when they are attacked by two clickers. As Joel and Tess struggle to fight the clickers off, they manage to kill them, but not before Ellie is bitten again and Tess injures her ankle. After bandaging themselves up, the trio arrives at the state house, only to find the fireflies slaughtered by one another after one member was infected. Seemingly, their mission is short-lived, as Joel believes they must head back to the quarantine zone. But Tess's mood begins to change, revealing she was bitten on the neck, while Ellie's bite begins to heal, showing her immunity. Debating what to do, one of the infected fireflies that has turned is shot by Joel, which alerts many others to their location through the fungus tendril network. 
with little time remaining as the horde charges towards the state house and the infection begins to take hold of Tess, she pleads with Joel to take Ellie to their contacts Bill and Frank, who will deliver her west to the Fireflies and to keep some hope alive. She manages to convince him to escape with Ellie while she remains. The Horde runs into the state house after Joel and Ellie, ignoring Tess, who is struggling to ignite the gasoline and grenades cocktail with her lighter. As more infected pile into the state house, one infected moves towards Tess to connect her to the fungal mycorrhizal through the tendrils from his mouth to hers. In Tess's last breath, she manages to light her lighter, blowing up the building and killing herself along with the Horde. An explosive ending. Indeed. You could say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they put the grenades in there to give that absolute explosive uh, power to it. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess gasoline just lights. It's just a flame. Yes. Yeah. But you'd like to think that if your life is not working, grab one of those grenades and uh, take the pin out. There was a part of me where I was like, why not just lunge? Lunge for one of the grenades. Mm. Why not just hold two grenades? And as you are taken over and being chewed and mauled to death, drop the said grenades. Yeah, there, there is. I, I know this possible theory on that, that she has already been bitten and she's in the process of turning. So potentially she's kind of slowing down a bit. That's why she, when she's clicking the Zippo, you see it going slower and slower as she's going so yeah. it's possible that her brain is kind of being clouded a little bit by this uh this infection that's running through her body um but yeah if if the first time your zippo doesn't light usually it takes a while to light you need to put some more uh, lighter fluid into it so uh, yeah. so go grab a grenade or, or you, yeah you need a grenade to <laughs> yeah. light the cigarette I yes <laughs> i have never lit a cigarette with a grenade before um that would <laughs> definitely end my life quicker than smoking would uh, exactly <laughs> But let us get into our top moments mm-hmm. from episode two, Infected. Um, yeah. I think to begin with, though, like with last week's uh, podcast, I think we're all going to discuss uh, the opening again, yeah. one that kind of provides um, some additional context here to then what we see within the main body of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, at least for me, I'm really enjoying the so far. I don't know whether it's going to persist across all the episodes mm. of this season, but I, I'm really enjoying these openings, which are, you know, just back in earlier times. And mm. here they've brought it forward from 1968, like we saw in um, the first episode, to 2003, and seemingly the sort of epicenter for the the outbreak yeah. um, in Jakarta, Indonesia. Yeah, and and nicely connected to that radio message we heard in uh, in episode one about uh, trouble starting in in Jakarta, right? Yes, yeah, yeah that's quite cool. I uh, have to say, um, the character of Ibu Ratna here, uh, played by Christine Hakem, is so good, um, conveying so much in her facial expressions as well as the words that she's saying. But I think what a great choice to have uh, this actress at the heart of what's going on, having one scientist, you know determine what's going on, get her feedback, and then realize how bad the situation is. I thought it was a really great opening to the episode. Yeah. Uh, I actually do hope that they keep this up. Mm, yeah. I, I like the... Like, they don't need to... Like, maybe it's not because we're getting closer and closer to point of infection and we the, it was connected to the bombs in this one. So I just hope for the next each episode, it is some 
flashback. So, again, we've already discussed it, Tess dies at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So maybe in one of the next flashbacks is Joel and Tess earlier in the couple of years. Maybe. Kind of, and then that plays a part later on in the episode. So mm-hmm. just getting these, rather than having a whole flashback episode, and for any of our fellow survivors who've been with us a while, back when we kind of covered a lot of the Netflix stuff, a lot of the time they would do a whole episode as a flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These shorter six minutes, seven minutes, mm-hmm. like chunks of here's your major flashback that is important to about the story, but the overall context of the kind of um what's happening in the world or the yeah. overall narration, that makes sense from mm-hmm. a narrative yeah. perspective. But also it's just engaging. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think it it just layers in the the background to actually then what your protagonists are going through why they're in that situation mm-hmm. um and i think the other thing i quite like about this one I, i'm not entirely sure whether it it is the same for episode one's sort of back in time back to 1968 but i think just knowing that this is in some ways referencing just um environmental props within the game that tell that backstory is really good i mean in the game you can collect notes and different yeah. pieces of information mm-hmm. and you may ultimately choose to read them or not yeah. i mean it just depends um and you know this is referencing a newspaper that was in joel's house before the um the outbreak yeah yeah, and, and it, so it is literally the first thing that you yeah. do when you get control of Sarah, his daughter, you walk through the house to find Joel, and literally you can walk past the bath- bathroom where the newspaper is sitting. If you want to, you can go in there and read the article that's on the front of it that says this started in crops and grains uh, and it's coming into the country. So telling you where this is coming from, but much better to have it rather than having a spinning newspaper headline at the beginning of the episode, having this uh, look at jakarta and seeing what's happening in that city i love that it opens on this really bustling world with with you know everybody eating their dinner or eating their lunch um in a in a, a coffee shop you know you're already in a different environment you don't need to see the, the the 2003 written up on screen you know this is a completely different place than you were in last week's episode but again the horror that's coming through um maybe ratna's face as she sees this infected patient this person that's got that this cordyceps inside her as she cuts open her leg and sees those vines or sees those tendrils coming out um, from behind there and then opens her mouth and sees the tendrils coming out of her mouth and starting to move towards her, even though the patient is dead, you still see the tendrils moving uh, of their own accord towards her as she completely freaks out. Um, But I think the the, the, uh, army officer is kind of telling her, you know, if you want to throw up, you need to get out of here quickly. He's seen what happens to other people who've seen uh, this patient. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's really good. I think you're right. You know, um, Christine Hakim, Hakim's, um, just that portrayal of the dread, but it's also with the knowledge that she is a professor of mycology. She mm-hmm. studied Claudiceps, um, you know, for her career. And this shouldn't be taking place. Yeah. None of this should be happening. Um, and that is just really, um, like fascinating that in itself is dread inducing yeah um and you know with this these scenes you know you get that background that this outbreak that they have managed to um sort of at least 
find out about has because the police have been called. It's a flour and grain facility mm-hmm. that's you know pr- processing the cereals and, and so on. Um, I love the fact you know it asking is this patient zero and it's not so the the lady on the autopsy table is not patient zero you hear that there are another 14 or so co-workers that are mm-hmm. missing um from the four that they managed to pull in you hear the other three were executed when they were put in for observation because yep. of how they became and then yes those those final words from professor ratner um, you know, I've studied these uh, all my life. Um, you know, after the 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 army officer has asked, "Well, we pulled you in for a cure or mm-hmm. for prevention or for a vaccine," and she goes, "Bomb, just start bombing this city and everyone in it." And this, I you know, I'd like to be with my family. Mm-hmm. She, it, it's that um, hopelessness that she understands, knowing chloroceps yes and it's just it is really terrifying yeah um you know yeah absolutely she's seen chloroceps before and what it does uh in the animal kingdom so if it's gotten made its way to humans everybody needs to be bombed including her and her family is the the implication there so um yeah scary moments but again brilliantly played oh amazing and a nice touch there that uh the one of the biggest flower producing um places in the world is this building in Jakarta that she's talking about. So, uh, so that's real world. Um, that's where most, a, a lot of the flower of the world is produced on a mass scale. So again, the inference here is that they've been shipping out since the cordyceps has gotten into the, the flower and grain, they've been shipping out worldwide. So you don't have to worry about things like somebody getting on a flight with an infection and, and passing it on to other people. This is about the actual international transport of this grain and flower. That's actually has led to the infection around the world. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Love it. Yeah, it, it's almost a different level of terror because mm-hmm. of like those international food chains and, and supply of food that happens. Yeah. And, you know, it stopping people or stopping food or stopping both, you know, ultimately it's like, oh, okay, grand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just really have been enjoying these these opening sort of, prologues to the episode yeah. being mm-hmm. really good but let us move into our top moments uh now uh let's kick off with uh chris chris what is your top moment from infected uh well i i am going to use something that uh john kind of basically gave me which is kickly clack don't look back uh <laughs> Again, me trying to attempt a tune there, but just really badly uh, Mm -hmm. losing. Um, Probably I'm just going to ask Derek to have replaced that with the sound of a clicker, um, which is going to be so much better. Don't look back. There you go. So much better. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Really, it is. It's the, the clickers. They have a staple of this game. Uh, and they were something that we were thinking and looking forward to. And it, it, it goes beyond just how cool they look, right? Mm-hmm. God damn it, they look cool. And they are foreshadowed as well. She was like, cause Ellie does make the joke. Oh, I heard the rumor of ones like, is it real true that there's like ones that's heads open up like a flower? Obviously foreshadowing that there is these weirder ones and there is potentially clickers. Um, and then we see it. I didn't think we'd get it now. I thought they, right. they kind of, 
kind of hold off somewhat, mm. um, knowing it is something people are looking forward to. Because these are the beyond your just your normal zombies, if you want to call it like the infected. runners, the infected that we've yeah. seen already are they're your typical running zombies. Like that's what they are. They they look mm. a bit more they look a bit unique, but that that's it. These are beyond. These are mutated kind of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've almost they've survived longer, I guess. Yes. Than, yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun. This this whole scene builds where you have Joel, Ellie, and Tess like having to go through the museum and when they get it and they, they don't want to, but they do get in there and as they work their way through they find the body and they're like oh something else did this now mm-hmm. Joel and Tess know what this is but as an audience we don't mm-hmm. and for maybe for those who have played the game and like maybe this is a scene again I got up to the skyscraper in, mm-hmm. so basically I got into the end of episode one right. kind of thought I'd have seen more nope I got that was it yeah <laughs> Yeah. So my knowledge of what happens going forward is zero, mm-hmm. uh, and my no, and uh, my knowledge of what happens in this episode was pretty much zero. Excellent, because this is exactly it. The, the first time you meet the clickers is in th- that fallen um, skyscraper. You have to climb your way through that. Yes, uh, and that's the first time you see the clickers. But this is your first big interaction in the game, and it is just as scary. You've just seen these monsters. You've just about fought one off, and then Joel's left on his own in the Bostonian Museum as he's being stalked by a couple of clickers and you're wondering, how the hell am I going to get out of here? Uh, so the tension is real in this moment when you're playing it in the game. Um, but it's exactly the same introduction, exactly the same point in the game, um, about three chapters in. So uh, so you were very close to it, Chris. Oh. So, uh, so I'm glad I'm glad that I didn't hold it back too much. And actually, we didn't mention it on last week's podcast, but there is a clicker screaming into the distance right at the end of the last week's episode. He's standing on top of a building and... Uh, as, as the camera pans towards that shot of the fallen skyscraper. So there is one there. So we did check that out after. Uh, yeah. After and, and, and you do, yeah. again, as you say, it's foreshadowed in, you hear the noise of one mm-hmm. as they're on the overpass, uh, making yeah. their way to the, the Bostonian museum and so on. So yeah, th- this is all foreshadowed. In fact, even I think when they go into the hotel mm-hmm. and they open up, um, a door to go back outside. Just the creaking of the hinges sounds like a clicker is just right outside the door. So, yeah, love that. Um, I really. No, it's the cre- it's the creaking of the hinges made sound like a yes, clicker. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it. It. I mean, I. I really enjoyed the clickers. Um, because it, it was definitely it was squeaky bum time. Very <laughs> very tense. Um, yeah. which just completely reminiscent of of the game mm. but i mean even- well it is in that but you didn't die 20 times joel true. did not die and reload 20 <laughs> no, times exactly yeah, and it's also to my point about you know um the the props in the environment telling you the story is that when effectively i'm screaming at the top of my voice uh trying to manage <laughs> firing a gun with limited ammo at a clicker that with its heavily armored fungal plating is difficult to kill um I don't tend to look at the ambient sort of environment to see what I can pick up about the story. So, you know, so, so the, that opening just to, you know, quickly connect it in, it's, that to me is really good because it's just picking up some of those bits and bobs um, to, to add to the story, which are in the game, 
but you don't necessarily um them. spot them. Um yeah. but I yeah, I loved I thought this whole thing in the museum was really, really tense. Mm. It just was so tense. I loved how they used because the clickers are use vibrations effectively to detect the location of their victims. I love the fact that, you know, after sort of crunching on glass and, you know, the, the clickers finally being aware of the presence of the three in, in the museum, in that room. Um, I love how Joel used the bust to smash glass in order to distract yeah. um, the clicker in another direction. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, and I, I loved his whole sense um, to Ellie where he says, you know, from here on, we're silent. Mm. Not quiet, we're silent. Um, yeah. It was just great. I mean, even just the whole museum, the look of it from the outside with all the fungus uh, up the size of the, the building mm-hmm. and going in and seeing that you know, fungal staircase effectively. Oh. Um, there, there's, there's a shot where the torch from his machine gun mm-hmm. sort of travels up the staircase um, and it just catches the faces of the people that yeah. are effectively entombed within this mass of fungal tendrils, plates, you name it, that are all dead. Yeah. Uh, it's really eerie. It um, really is, yeah. They really set the scene really so well, and, and I know this must be a really difficult job for the Foley artists, the people that, that put in the noises afterwards, the ones that are, are you know, they normally do the Sorry, doors. what are they called? Foley artists. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that put in the noises of doors opening and closing and footsteps and stuff like that, and you don't want to overdo it when you've got these characters going through a building like this because the whole point is the clickers are attracted to noise so they will be instantly on top of them if you make the noise too loud but i did love that you had the creaky staircase of this building as it starts to kind of collapse under their weight um you see the whole building starts to collapse under this uh, under uh, under the 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 weight of uh, of them going through it and then a creaky door going into the room as the clickers are are walking around the room but i love it so minimal but because we kind of knew what was coming. Every time I heard a noise, I was going, oh, that's going to attract the clickers. Ooh, that, that noise is too <laughs> yep. loud. Um, yeah. And I also love that Joel is giving out to uh, to Ellie saying, don't make a noise, but he's the one that crunches the glass that attracts the clickers that almost kill him. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I really, really love this. And the tension was so high. Uh, I don't think I was able to catch my breath for a couple of minutes watching it. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about one disappointment I have. Okay. Um, which is... The audience wink, wink, nudge, nudge that Tess has been built, bit, or she has got it. She she's been infected. Okay. Um. So they they kind of signpost this. So again, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I again, I did, I assumed Tess be be based on the the actress who plays her was probably around for a bit longer mm. because she is a very well known actress and a fantastic actress. And it really is, yeah, yeah. But. When as soon as she's like, "Oh, I twisted my ankle," mm-hmm. um, and then you have her them all get to the roof, and she's there, they're binding her ankle with the tape, mm-hmm. and um, she gets angry and snaps. Yeah. My now again, I didn't know she got bit on the neck. My assumption was she was bit on the on the ankle or the the leg. Okay. That's why she slaps. 
Joel's hand away when he tries to bind it for her. Okay. Kind of more of it. It was like that she that she was hiding a bite on her leg. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, they kind of signpost that plus the, the, the anger, the, the kind of annoyance. The, that was me just going, okay, well, she's about to turn or somehow she's been infected. Mm. That, that was kind of... And I was like, if they hadn't have done that, like, because now I know she was bit on the neck, mm-hmm. the 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 signposting with the or the the misdirection with the the foot mm. just gives it away. Where can you imagine now if they didn't do that kind of she sprained her ankle scene part, right? And she's just like, oh, it nearly got me, and it, it's fine. We're all safe. They yeah. continue on, and then she just reveals mm. that. That feels me more impactful. Yeah. And again, I don't know. It was just, I was like, I don't understand. I, I couldn't understand the, the logic of the, 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 the that kind of forced, again, foreshadowing or that kind right. of like narrative bit because it straight away puts you as an audience member going, Oh, well, something's off with her. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think she did twist her ankle. I don't think that's her oh, hiding no, she anything. Did, she she but... twisted her ankle and she's trying to hide that she's been bitten because if they get Ellie to the fireflies and the fireflies have a plan to use someone that didn't turn from an infection, maybe they can help her. That's why she drags Ellie in behind her to the building, hoping that there's fireflies inside, hoping that she can find a cure, and hopefully she she can't she won't turn this uh, despite that she has her neck. I think it's three to eight hours. Did we say last week? It's, no, it's, it's something shorter. Like that. It's um, shorter. The, the bite on the head is is fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, but the bite on on the neck is uh, I don't know to give our whole our whole uh, answer away say, from last wait. week, but <laughs> but it's three to eight hours. I think is the second one. Uh, so she has a bit of time. She drags Ellie behind her going we need to get in here we want to she wants to find uh where to take her to but because she loses that hope that she could possibly stop the infection that's why she sacrifices herself yeah um so i i think that should be in there for the audience you should know that she's struggling with this in the background when you're watching the episode again you're of course going to know that she's bitten when you've played the game you know that she's bitten because that's exactly how she passes in the game but the idea that you're able to watch Anator's performance as someone that it that is willing for a way out of this, but just wants to push the two of them on to get there because maybe, just maybe, there's a possibility that their luck won't have run out. Um, I think is really good. I think that that shows a bit more of of her performance in the role. But it, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think for for sure the 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 sharpness that she sort of rebukes. Hmm. Um, Joel, I think you go, okay, something's up here. Um, but I mean, it could equally be that they've just been through a pretty harrowing and stressful moment, um, with the clickers. Mm -hmm. And so John's, John's pretty angry every time after. uh, Exactly. You know, you know, so what I mean is (laughs) I knew that that's where she was bitten and Mm -hmm. how it was going to play out. So I kind of saw that change and go, okay, maybe that that's why. But I think as well, then it is about right. It it get to the state house, and then I think with everything going on, it's the idea for for her to try and persuade Joel to think differently about Ellie, because you know i when she realizes it's too late for her or it's going to be too late for her um 
she needs to get safely to the the fireflies mm-hmm. in order for a cure to happen. So, I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. I think there is a little bit of um, signposting here in that, but whether someone who's never played the game or got to that stage in the game necessarily recognizes that, I don't know. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you did. Chris did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was, maybe I've just seen too many zombie films and just kind of exactly. associate that as soon as someone acts a bit slightly a bit, they're yeah. weird. You're like, you've been a bit. Yeah. Like, and that's where my head, like, I'm putting myself in Joel's shoes. If someone shouldn't slap and rebukes me, I'd be like, strip down. Come on, turn around. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, fine. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I suppose the trope really is that she'd turn, right? That your ally turns and she's the one that tries to kill you. Yeah. Uh, that's the trope. So that, uh, there's a, a quite a big change uh, from that. Yeah. So definitely. speaking of, let's move on to our second point. Genres. Yes. It is the the death of Tess, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, and this I, I, I found really sad, actually, just because I think there is this idea that she's looking for that glimmer of hope. And... Um, we even hear just before they enter into the the Bostonian Museum, because all the tendrils have all dried out and, and died back, she goes, Oh, you know, our first bit of luck. Mm-hmm. Um so there is the, the, there's this whole kind of aspect around hope and luck, um and good luck at that, you know, for um for Tess in, in this. And I also just enjoyed her interactions with um, Ellie as well. So because all of a sudden we get to the state house and effectively it becomes hopeless for her. Mm -hmm. um, I just found it really sad because I I love Anna Torv, um, great actress. I really like how she's played Tess as well in in this. Um, I love just some of the moments where, you know, her hand starts to shake when oh, she's speaking yeah. with with Joel. Mm-hmm. This notion, you know, I've not got much time now. Yeah, you know, she can feel it happening, and the the sacrifice ultimately that she she makes here to say, you know, um, I'll stay back and delay the horde mm-hmm. and stop the horde. Uh, you take her and run, go, get out of here, get out of danger, get Ellie to. The fireflies. Um, I just thought was um, just really, really good. All of it. I just saw all the little bits and bobs um, that occur in her performance um, were just so good. It, as I said, especially that just little handshake mm-hmm. um, that she gets uh, in one of her arms. Um, I think the other then big thing is. That you know, we see her death here, um, effectively from being blown up, but it's the part before there where she effectively gets a mushroom, uh, snog effectively, and mm-hmm. um, or as I would like to say, make room for mushrooms just in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm referencing an old 1980s. <laughs> Uh, British Mushroom Board advert, which told everyone to make room for mushrooms in their food. Mm. Um, I love that there's a mushroom board in Britain. Yes, exactly. So odd. Promoting mushrooms, <laughs> exactly. I know we had the egg board over here after uh, Salmonella stopped people eating yeah, eggs. Exactly. But, Those uh, kind of food yeah. promotion 
boards and yeah. so on. And I always remember their slogan was make room for mushrooms. I, love um, it. I, I love guess it. not in this way, however. Yes. Um, yes. I guess if the game was set uh, in the UK, you'd probably have a poster in the background of but, the uh, mushroom board. <laughs> yeah, but it, I just, I found it fascinating. And I think it, it, it just, mm. it, it links back to where she, exp- where her and uh, Elia having that conversation, looking down on the route that they wanted to take, where there's all the newly infected. Mm-hmm. And Ellie talks about how they're connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Love if that. you step Love on that. a cordyceps, one of the tendrils, and this wakes up other infectors because mm-hmm. these networks can run for miles uh, and they know where you are. Um, and, you know, just that warning to Elia, well, your immunity won't stop you from being ripped apart by mm-hmm. one of these. Yeah. Um, but this is ultimately, you, you see it as Joel shoots that infected firefly that kind of reanimates just the tendrils going around the hand and then you see it going under the nail and mm. um, of one of the newly infected out in the the road that edit um, was so good it was I, really good but i thought they were all inside the building until yeah. you see one running past and then the camera starts to pan back and you you realize you're in that streets full of of uh, infected runners exactly yeah. and th- and that tendril you see going forcing its way under the nail mm-hmm. of the uh, infected and um, you see the face as he gets up to run towards the state house yeah as uh, it's, it's the it's the one infected that doesn't just r- run past tess mm. charging headlong after uh joel and ellie yeah it's the one that stops looks at tess and comes over effectively for the uh mushroom kiss of, and i just thought it was fascinating because it's not something you see in the game it's it's certainly yeah. a new element and um, not really uh, something that you've seen in the genre much no. either you know it, you know the, you've seen the you've seen the kind of stuff with vampires let's say where there's a sensuality almost to it and i'm not saying this is sensual <laughs> at all but where there's that kind of um intimacy about Could the transfer the oh, absolutely but <laughs> there's but, but there's kind of uh, there's an intimacy let's say about the transfer and the creation of uh of the beast or the monster that they're creating here this is invasive it's intrusive it is really intimate as well but but i did keep kind of questioning why all the rest of the infected ran past and this one stopped and came over to her and I was reading some uh, some interviews as well with uh, with the creators of the show with, with Craig Mason and uh, and uh, Neil Druckmann, and one of the things they were saying is the whole purpose, as they mentioned actually in the first episode, it, it was quite clear in there. The purpose of the infected is to transfer the infection. That's it. That's that's all it's about. They're they're only there. They're not there to eat. They're not they're not um, they're not monsters in that way. They're not there to feed like zombies are. They're there to transfer this infection, this fungus, to other hosts. Yeah. I was wondering, because Tess has already been bitten and the fungus has already been transferred to her, she will turn. Is that the reason why the rest of the infected passed on? And this other one, she doesn't resist us because she's already been infected. So he's almost trying to give her a full quick dose because we know it's 5 to 15 minutes from a head bite. Well, um, it, it, it is to the point of that they're connected. So mm-hmm. there is a connection yeah, here. Yeah. Um, 
in some way. I mean, okay, you don't see any tendrils as such connecting him from the floor to Tess's mm. feet or anything like that. But, but you're the fact she's she been turns. bitten, yeah. there's there's something there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just some kind of scent that mm. she is infected. And as you say, it could be the tendrils going down the throat in order to drop a load of spores down to yep. quicken the turn or to enhance it even because he was also almost like had the start of the clicker kind of fungal um, head plating. Yes. It wasn't across the whole of it, so maybe something along those lines. Mm. But I, it was I just absolutely thought, gross. I think we're avoiding saying how absolutely disgusting it, it was. It was well. pretty grim. Oof. It was pretty grim, and I do, you know, it just it felt right that with that grimness happening to Tess, um, mm. she does light the lighter, yes, uh, and is able to then just drop it. I love just the you know as you see the tendrils going into her mouth and that kind of deepening of them going down her throat and mm. um, or into a foot deeper into her mouth and you it cuts to her eyes and they're kind of really dilated and you see the struggle of her still trying to um ignite the the lighter mm-hmm. and then it finally happens and just drops so I, i'm glad tess was managed to get burnt alive if that sounds right. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, she did take an entire horde out she with her. She really as well. did. Um, that, yeah, it, it's a gruesome scene. It's a really horrific scene to watch. And I think that's where this show plays really well uh, so far. This episode at least plays really well so far. That They've got a good amount of horror uh, in that moment because... With her, it's, I don't want to be in that moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the one place I would not want to be, to be uh, effectively held down and turned into a monster. Um, so thankfully, uh, she's able to take them all out. Yeah. yeah. And die before she turns. That's a, that's the cool part of it. Like she And she does it so well. And the explosion probably will alert many of the other infected in uh, around the location. Um Yes, I want to. I want to kind of add a couple of little Easter eggs in uh, to this point, John. Uh, if you're if you're finished with uh, with yeah. the death of Tess, and that that's one of them, Chris. Um, little Easter egg from the game: if you throw um, a, a lit Molotov cocktail at an infected, other effect, infected are attracted to the fire and will burn and die. It's a great tactic to use <laughs> if you're in a room full of infected. So you're probably right. Yeah, it's probably going to attract uh, other ones. We know this this uh, this network of vines will probably do that as well. But I kind of love the idea that it's actually reasonably easy to take out a horde like that the way that she's doing it because they're all running through the building and they'll all stop and be attracted back by this fire and explosion yeah. so, so that's quite cool uh, another yeah. quick easter egg the zipper yeah. lighter just for you gamers out there the zipper lighter that she has there's another game from Naughty Dog that that Zippo Lighter uh, is yeah, from. Yeah. It's uh, it's from the Uncharted series, from Nathan Drake's older brother Sam. That's his lighter that she has in her hand, which I love. Naughty Dog always do that in the games. They reference their other games quite often, so I love that in the TV show they're able to get a little stuff. a little Easter egg for uh, for fans of the Uncharted series as well. So that's that's. I just cool. also hope that they have a dead body later dressed up as Nathan. Maybe, Drake. yeah, maybe. Just, just in he the didn't make it. Yeah. He he could have been. One of the ones in the museum, given oh. that he is a treasure hunter. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. Um, 
Third, yeah. third, third very quick one I just want to call is the very interesting bit is how back, cast your mind back to when they're in the skyscraper looking down. Mm-hmm. Um, that they talk about that's how the infected and the DMZs kind of keep growing is that basically people are kind of stupidly go in thinking it's a bit safer than it is and then we'll get kind of caught in a building uh, and yep. all the infected swarm to that building yeah and they that's how their numbers continually grow over the last 20 years even though they're, yeah. they're cornered off into demilitarized zones or de quarantine yep. uh, in the quarantine zones yeah it's people trying to get to the quarantine zones who try to take shelter in the buildings think they're yeah. safe yeah and end off adding it, to the horde <laughs> effectively yeah. and it's it's just a yeah. nice little kind of not blink and you'll miss it but like cough and you'll miss it line or two mm-hmm. but yeah. does explain how there is so many out there still yeah. even though there is the that we know that they have an expiration date mm-hmm. yeah as well some um i like some. that that's that's really interesting from joe because ellie asked that question of him um how long do they last? And he says, some a few weeks, uh, as we saw in the first episode, the the, the body that had t- already turned into vines on the wall or, or fungus on the wall. Tess says that wasn't there the last time she was in there, which could have been a few weeks or a few months ago. Um, but he also says some have survived all the way from the beginning. The, the ones like the clickers who have evolved and become different to the standard infected have been around for a long time. So, um, so there's not... It's not going to just go away. I think uh, twenty eight days later, I think is 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 where they have the infected in that in that movie go away over time because they have nothing to feed on, and that happens in some zombie movies. That if zombies have nothing to feed on, they eventually go and and disappear. Whereas um, this is a network of fungus; it's surviving uh, for the most part. Some of it dies off, but the whole network hasn't died off in twenty years. And in a sense, just the strategy of survival for Claudiceps would need to require that replenished hosts mm. to yeah. reinfect in order to replenish themselves yes. Yes. and and so on. Uh, interesting thing I, I found out in work around Claudiceps mm. is around pest control in the US. Mm. So they have it issues with termites. And I think, um, I don't remember the researcher's name, but he was able to turn off uh, some genetic switch in the Claudiceps that is used as a warning for termites. So the way termites deal with them mm-hmm. is they have soldiers that guard the entrance. And if there's any sense that the termite is acting strange, mm-hmm. they take it off and kill them and then kill themselves. So it doesn't infect the, the termite mound with Claudiceps. And he turned off whatever it was in the spores right. that those soldier guard termites identify. Uh-huh. And so you can introduce Claudiceps now into termite mounds to get rid of the termite problem, in inverted commas. Um, and the thing is, it can never re- get reinfested because of... The new type of spore that's there. Ooh, I think John's doing the intro to episode three next week. Uh, I was going to go uh, for the science TV with show. John. Science with John. So, Welcome to Science with John. So I was freaking out hearing this from a, a colleague in in mm. work who really wants to watch the show, played the game, and so yeah. on. So it was like, I was like, oh my goodness. So we could be on the path uh, to this happening 
in the 20 years from now uh, is effectively what you're saying. Oh, God. Well, I think it's just for termites. Mm. Yeah. So no well, need to worry. Yeah, but they've just jumped from ants to termites. That's not cool. That's different species. No, no, no. No, it, it, it would naturally infect termites as well. But the 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 yeah, but you've just turned off their protection. Exactly, (laughs) that's not cool. (laughs) Anyway, um, right. Uh, Again, I I wanted to make the end of this point quite light uh, in terms of uh, of Easter eggs. So, uh, so so I'll do do two two quick more ones uh, that I really like, Chris. You've already mentioned (laughs) um, Tess's ankle being strapped up. Absolutely love this little Easter egg because one of the things you find throughout the game are rolls of tape. And I never really understood how those uh, translate into health packs. Um, but effectively, Joel is using the exact same type of roll of tape to uh, to wrap up uh, the leg for Tess, which is a nice little touch. Uh, and he also gives a rag to um, to Ellie to cover up the cut that she has. And that's another one of the uh, the materials that you pick up throughout the game as well. So, uh, so in that moment, he uses two of the three or four materials you pick up throughout the game so nice little easter eggs for game players yeah good stuff and one f- funny one as well is the you're a weird kid uh line is literally a rip from a a, a small narrative bit when you enter the uh skyscraper where mm-hmm. ellie goes over and rings the bell and kind of does her little p- p- play pretend that's straight from the game as yes well. like she didn't um, tell yeah 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 very fun and of course, with that whole bandaging side of things, mm. it is that Ellie does have a new wound after yeah. her engagement with the, the clickers, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I like how just because this whole episode after the prologue starts with her being watched while she sleeps, mm-hmm. effectively with guns trained on her in case she turns. And here again, uh, Tess and Joel use this as, almost as an experiment to see how that wound progresses mm-hmm. on, on her arm. Uh, ultimately being the the thing that Tess uses to persuade Joel, look, it's healing. Yeah. Mine isn't. I'm starting to turn. Yeah. We got bitten at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you, real. You need to help her, you know? So I, I, I like that sort of element here as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a lot of my point um, has been covered uh, as we went through the episode. Really, what, what I wanted to talk about was the relationship between Ellie and Tess and the relationship between Ellie and Joel. Um, Ellie and Joel, as I think everybody now knows, uh, that's the central relationship on the show. Um, but what I liked about this episode is that the possibility was there for the relationship between Ellie and Tess to be at the center of the show. I thought that was really good. You got a lot of instruction coming from Tess. Joel was being an a-hole. And throughout, really, to her, um, you do get a couple of moments with them, but I think there's actually a there was a growing uh, respect, I think, between Ellie and Tess that you were seeing. Um, there's a lot of a lot of banter as well uh, that I really oh, enjoyed. Yeah. Some of the lines from the characters here uh, throughout the episode, uh, particularly a lot more of Ellie. We didn't we we saw a bit of of banter from our last episode. I think. Um, Bella Ramsey is playing the role so well here with the way that she's um, pushing back on her captors, let's say, at the beginning. So uh, so I really like that moment where she's asking them, can I have a gun? And both Tess and Joel go, uh, absolutely not. And she, her response is, okay, fine, I'll throw my sandwich at them. Um, but uh, the, uh, the moment when they're eating dinner together where she's getting her sandwiches out and they're kind of looking at her, obviously jealous asking is that chicken and ellie says um yes marlene says she gets it from smugglers 
Clearly not you two, <laughs> as in you, you guys are useless in comparison to those smugglers. Uh, really enjoyed those moments with her uh, during the conversation with Joel where she's trying to pry for information from him. Uh, and about all she gets out of him is where he's from. Uh, she gets Texas uh, from him. She gets Texas from Detroit. And that's about it. But she also gives him a bit of guff about uh, when he asks her about the uh, about where she learned her knife skills and her responses uh, from the circus. Um, so nice little uh, nice little banter back and forth there. But no idea about whether they've had a relationship, Tess and, and Joe, before. Uh, no idea why he left Texas. Uh, I love if that's something that they explore in the future, Chris. To your yeah. point, it would be great to see Tess and Joe together and see a little bit of an idea of how they met up. Maybe in in the, in the future that would be a great little flashback. But um, but I liked those establishing scenes of the, the relationship between uh, Tess and Ellie, and then a bit of uh, a bit of Tess and Joel. But one thing that I that really stands out to me is that moment with Tess. We've mentioned it before. It is our opening for the episode, so I'm not going to repeat it again. But she's trying to give instructions to Ellie of how to survive in this world, and Joel really yeah. isn't. Joel is either pushing her in front of him, or making her go behind him because this is the package that he needs to deliver somewhere. It's nothing more than that. Whereas Tess is already seeing Ellie as a potential survivor in this world. And she's going to survive from being ripped apart. She has to learn some lessons and she's the one giving out those lessons as the new teacher in her life, which I just think that's a really good way to establish that relationship. And now, unfortunately with the death of Tess, she's going to have to trust in Joel. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I really, um, I really enjoyed just the dialogue between these three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it is that awkward chat between Ellie and Joel where she starts off the conversation with, well, where are you from? <laughs> you know, just, just like that, that kind of standard, you know, my name is Ellie. Yeah. Um, I live in a house, you know, all the kind of really kind of awkward, um, sort of conversation and mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 dialogue's really antagonistic it there's the banter that but there's the threat it's like you're saying uh, the 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 conversations with tess and ellie uh, i really really enjoyed you know we're just it's right at the start where ellie has gone to go to the toilet mm-hmm. they're talking about it she comes back you know and they're just inquisitive you know why are you so important to marlene and mm-hmm. um, and Ellie comes back with a quip to say, well, if you don't deliver me, um, you know, you won't get your battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, so you overheard us then. And she just says, like, almost quite threateningly, I'm going to talk to you like an adult. Yeah. And then you know that he wants to kill you. Yeah. You know, really no, uh, you know, I mean, I love that where Ellie sort of pretends that she's beginning to twitch as well and mm. she just looks and goes don't you know yeah. um, and then there's some really good banter which I me- I must say I immediately <laughs> fell in love with Tess uh-huh. for this as they're climbing up the the stairs in the hotel and she's puffing and panting when she gets through to the top yeah. and Ellie's like looking at her again you know what's wrong with you and it she wasn't goes, that bad was it you know yeah. it wasn't that bad and she goes well you try climbing 10 effing floors with our knees mm-hmm. and see how it feels and i'm like going yeah i i, I, know I, yeah. I, I i'm with you there i'm with you there <laughs> and you know but even just like some of the stories you know she says well how old are you after she you know she said about how she snuck into the the old mall that in the quarantine zone mm-hmm. And which is all now kind of boarded up and so on. 
And she goes, well, how old are you then? And she goes, 14. And she's like, well, you've got some balls on your sister for mm-hmm. doing that. Yep. And I thought that relationship, as you say, I hadn't even really thought about it like that. But it was almost setting up that possibility mm. that the journey could have gone on uh, with Ellie and Tess. Yeah. And it was yeah. really, really good. And I, I think it's to the point of why then Tess's death. And you see Ellie saying, we can't leave her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, really impacts her yeah yeah. um so yeah i i really enjoyed these moments um as they're kind of you know trying to make their way through the debris of of boston yeah 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 exactly exactly love this relationship uh and both relationships would be really interesting to see what jill and ellie um or how their relationship progresses without tess around Mm. um any other uh any other points on that any other notes on that nothing from my side no nothing more from me any other notes about the episode? Anything else you want to call out about the episode that we may not have touched on in our major three points? Um, I've just got one. I just, I liked the touchback, um, to the advice of, um, Ibu Ratner, uh, about bombing Jakarta, mm-hmm. uh, when Ellie is talking about how it looks like a, you know, a really weird moonscape in Boston because they drop bombs on Boston. Yeah. And you hear from Tess that it didn't work in every city that they did this, but it seemed to do the job in Boston at least with enough time for them to establish the quarantine zone, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. But it also is the reason why, you know, these cities are looking in a more decrepit state than maybe they would have done if um, it was just simply the fungal outbreak. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why we have a skyscraper leaning against another one is because the authorities actively bombed their own cities because yeah. um, of the type of outbreak it was. Yeah. Uh, and it just it's just that nice little nod back to the advice that Professor Ratner gives Absolutely. at the start of the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good, uh, really good point. I like it. I like it. Great stuff. Well, that's all the notes and the points for our podcast discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, then, what did you think of The Last of Us episode two infected? Christoph? Loved the hell out of this. Um, really, really. It's just, a, it, it's a, from the opening moments where you're getting this huge amount of narrative backstory in a flashback given time to breathe and have fun. I did think for a second that I put the wrong show on. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good to kind of like get that information to seeing where the story goes. And for my only complaint being, I kind of knew Tess was infected because I watch a lot of zombie and horror films. That's on me. Mm-hmm. But I overall enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, it's just fun. It's well-written. And I really am interested each time to see where it goes mm-hmm. um, each week. Stuff. So I, I think I'm. this is one I'm going to savor with you guys over the course of the next few weeks mm. as it's our back to that kind of tentpole event, um, event viewing. It's, yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Good stuff. Yeah, this show is massive. That's 18 million viewers of the first episode now after uh, after just over That's a week. That's pretty big. Um, and the second episode, live viewership went up at 22%. So in just one week, they're already gaining an audience, which is massive. That didn't that doesn't happen with very many shows, especially big tentpole shows. Sometimes when people tune in that may not have tuned in, they don't tune in the yeah. second week. No, absolutely. Um, and, and for me, that that's it overall. This episode was Excellent. It's a great follow-up for the first episode. I was a little concerned because you have the whole concept being delivered and you're wondering whether they're going to be able to deliver something as big in the second episode um, when it's down to just three characters. You had the entire world fall apart last episode. You know, how are you going to be able to manage to sustain the the concept in an episode that that is much smaller? But they paint on a big canvas here, even if it's just with the three characters. The city itself of Boston looks amazing. The tension that's in every scene throughout is really, really palpable. They've done such a good job. There's even just that little moment of the frog bouncing on the uh, on the piano, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which gives you a little start wondering, is that something in the background? Is there going to be an infected close by and it turns out to be a bouncing frog love those little touches in there but um the clickers moments absolutely brilliant the idea of the infected now being connected by cordyceps um as a as a fungus that's running underground is something that we we have not seen before and i love that idea you know this this concept that you know in a future episode ellie might step on a roof somewhere and effectively suddenly we'll hear runners and clickers behind her love that that's a great idea uh, and i'm sure neil Druckmann would love to put that into the game uh, so maybe we will get a last of us part three uh which will use these concepts in the game <laughs> well that's it and but i mean i think that there's kind of um they're borrowing from different fungal stuff so mm-hmm. i mean that idea of huge underground networks of fungus mm-hmm. is that that mycorrhizal network mm-hmm. uh, that i mentioned in the in the synopsis so it's almost like taking that sort of um f- function that that type of fungus that does that and applying it to cordyceps and yeah. um, i think someone had, had mentioned how you know in terms of on the head of the clickers it looks like um hen of the woods which mm. is a, a fungus that grows on trees uh, that looks uh, like that so um so and cool. again it's great design to play with uh, different aspects of it so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, how about yourself john overall what do you think of the episode i really really enjoyed this episode uh, exactly what i want from my um weekly horror tv viewing mm. which is tense i mean this yeah. was really tense um and actually quite intimate. Uh, I'd give this five mycological kisses out of five. Nice. Um, I really just thought it, the whole episode was on edge. You know, that out of the quarantine zone, there's an edginess to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, there's a, a secrecy happening between Tess and Joel. You know, they know more about this outside world than Ellie does. Yeah. Ellie, in a sense, is figuring certain aspects of it out. Um, and I, I just really, really enjoyed just the flow of this from the opening with that additional context and just the relationships as they're trying to work their way through to drop Ellie off at the the state house. Um, I mean, even I wondered, you know, when it's Ellie that says they're connected, mm. is that because of her bite? There's, Ooh, okay. I, I guess, something still there that, um, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 
I'm postulating that purely because, as well, that whole idea of the connection is a new element yeah. here yeah. Uh, within within the show, which to me was cool. I did I did love how you saw one roll and they all roll at exactly yeah. the same yeah. time. Yeah. To, or the to, wave to as well. It. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The second one was a wave. The Mexican that was wave. at the top and just came <laughs> down to the bottom. Yeah. So what you're saying is football fans all have cordyceps. Don't maybe. Them. Maybe, yes. Um, <laughs> Some of them do riot. Or <laughs> there you go. Um, the clickers were awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So good. So brilliantly brought, Really brought tense. Life, yeah. Love that whole museum mm-hmm. piece. Uh, proper tense on edge horror yeah. uh, and the state house was really good just mm-hmm. as i say the creepiness of um that longing tendril kiss and mm. um, to tess was just like really creepy it it actually just felt like an imposition you know yeah. on her and uh, so i was oh, really yeah. pleased that she was able to get that lighter lit and uh, light up that state house uh, for the 4th of July, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely great. Loved it. Five mycological uh, kisses or snogs, I guess, out of five. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Let us get our Last of Us World End pub quiz question two going, John. What's the t- What's the question for this episode? Question two from Infected. What musical instrument is on display in the room of the Bostonian Museum just before Joel, Tess and Ellie are attacked by the clickers? Did you keep your eyes open long enough to to see what that was? Did you catch it on second view? I didn't because that question came from you. It did. It did. (laughs) Ultimately. Yes. Yes. So put that together with the answer for question one, which we gave you last week, or pop it over to our our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you'll get uh, all the questions each week. Uh, Email them to us at the end of the series to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you can be in with the chance of getting your hands on The Last of Us Part 1 remastered for PlayStation 5 or for PC when it comes out in March. Um, you can also be with the chance to get an extra entry into that competition by rating us or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, taking a quick picture of it, and emailing us to feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com. We'll put an extra entry in the hat for you. Excellent stuff. Uh, before we move on to feedback, just a big shout-out to our supporters over on Patreon for this episode uh, which is brought to you by our patrons including Rupa Nalam mm-hmm. uh, as well so a big thank you Rupa for your support over on Patreon it's really really great absolutely thank you Rupa yes thanks Rupa if you want to be as cool as Rupa you can head on over to patreon.com slash tv podcast industries where you can choose an ongoing monthly amount to support us on each and every month because you're cool like that. And it helps keep the lights on and the hamsters going. Actually, it's not even hamsters. Now they're infected. We've just like got a load of infected in a hamster wheel mm-hmm. that just run. It's great. And we just dangle basically some other kind of mouths in front of them and just mm. kind of see what they run after them. But, and if you don't want to do that, you can also head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI where you can buy us a coffee. Literally does exactly what it says in tin, like Ron Seal. And if you buy us a coffee, it keeps our illustrious editor in caffeine as he edits away into the wee hours of the night. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, stuff. not supported by Ron Seal. 
If we were supported by Ron Seal, that, that might, uh, might make things <laughs> <Yeah>. easier. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a bit weird as well. It might but, be. It might uh, be. I now want to see a clicker hamster. Uh, one that's uh, survived way beyond its years and grown plates. I do not want any clicker hamsters anywhere near me. Uh, <laughs> I thought the frog was a clicker. I thought the frog was going to be infected. And that's when they did the thing. And it's just like, you're going to see the camera pan and half of the it's normal and half the other half is like this just weird fungus. Yeah, it, it was a croaker. Uh, oh I like God, it, John. I like yes. it. That's impressive. Well that is impressive. <laughs> on that note, yeah. that groaner. Yes, let's get on to some feedback. First up, we have an email in to feedback at TV Podcast Industries from Christina at Black Girl Couch Reviews. She says, hello, my favorite podcast trio. Okay, one of my favorites. I'm a bit of a slag. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you guys are covering this show as I have absolutely no insight, knowledge or understanding of the game in which it was named and produced by Naughty Dog, which surprisingly isn't a porn producer. (laughs) (laughs) The first episode was really good. Pedro Pascal with a chip on his shoulder juxtaposed with a baby Grogu is making him ultimate actor sploosh goals. (laughs) I just knew that child Sarah was going to die, but man, did she do such a great job of conveying the increasing sense of dread and despair. She definitely gets that from her mama. Outstanding performance. Bella Ramsey, a.k.a. Leanna Mormont. Thank goodness they got a role they deserved because Leanna Mormont did the damn thing in Game of Thrones. I look forward to Ellie's interaction with Joel, who feels one step closer to the edge before he might break. And I do mean faces, as emotional damage has already been covered. Just wanted to drop a line. Look forward to episode two and your coverage. As always, cheers, Christina. Excellent. Fantastic, Christina. Great to hear Thank you, me. Christina. Thanks so much, Christina. Yes, that is probably the most eloquent use of the term sploosh yep. in an email yes. we've ever received. We'll edit out. We'll edit out. And definitely. I totally agree. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I, I'm completely with you. Yeah, the, the whole uh, scene with Sarah after she's shot, um, I just thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved uh how she conveyed that uh for sure um so yeah good stuff uh, and great to hear from you christina mm-hmm. yes thanks so much christina over on facebook we have some feedback on episode one from john daniel who shared his thoughts saying i can totally understand why people really like this but it's just not my thing I thought the same about The Walking Dead. A military dictatorship in a post-apocalyptic zombie-ridden world isn't a place I want to visit for fun. I'm looking forward to hearing your episode on this one. Thanks, John. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed our episode. And look, I get it. Not every show is for every single person. But yes, military dictatorships. Yeah, there's been a lot of those types of shows. But this is different. Hopefully, if you stayed around for episode two, you're hearing this, hearing our thoughts and seeing how it is slightly different. Mm. Yes, exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, John. Uh, on episode two, Donald Dennis says, why am I watching this? It's so tense. Yeah. Indeed. And, uh, in particular for episode two, for sure. Uh, Victor Von Doom says, wow, I was hoping for one more episode with Anna Torv, but she truly went out with a bang. Mm-hmm. I made the mistake of watching this episode early in the morning. It did wonders for my metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. We get this at uh, about 8 a.m. our time or 7 a.m., I guess, uh, when we get up uh, before work. And I think, yeah, eating my breakfast, uh, watching this. Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Victor. Uh, might not be one to watch with a meal. Definitely not. No. Um, <laughs> uh, cereal all over the place. 
Thanks so much, Victor. Alex Baelish says, well, these zombies are no joke. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. The visuals were amazing and the relationship between Ellie and Joel is fun to watch grow. I love the science parts at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hopefully we get more of those. Yeah, thanks, uh, Alex. And also, yeah, um, that that shot of Ellie and Joel looking at the gold dome of the Boston State House, Mm -hmm. I mean... It literally felt like a video game or the video game, which has exactly that same shot. Mm. Uh, it was really incredible. Yeah. Um, it, it just the way I guess they're fuzzing out things as well. Mm-hmm. It, it felt, um, really, really great. Um, and really taking that iconic scene from from the game yeah it's very very cool uh thanks alex uh richard blaze says rarely watch a show twice but had to watch both episodes again as there was just so much good stuff in them honestly didn't think tess would go out this episode another real sucker punch the world they've created looks scarily real and the little section at the beginning linking to what has happened in the 20 years is really grounded in the science and fear factor cannot wait for next week good stuff richard yeah it is exactly that i mean even if it is mumbo jumbo, it is that <laughs> perception of grounding uh, yeah. the whole event in science. And in some respects, I guess, whether it's with SARS or COVID or mm-hmm. whatever, that's how it's alerted the authorities in one form or another uh, from just uh, people getting sick or, mm-hmm. you know, even worse, like massively horrendously sick like say with Ebola or something mm. so um yeah I know what you mean it it really does increase that fear factor absolutely yeah thanks so much Richard over on Instagram Irene said loving it so much mm-hmm. yeah I think we're all with you on that definitely and then rounding it out Mark Kirkman said I loved it Gave me the strain from sci-fi vibes at times, especially when they see the bodies coming together and showing Ali. It was cinematically amazing with the scenery of the city and the museum. Losing Tess was hard, but that's what happens within the game as well. Mm. I love the human compassion within the storytelling. I look forward to your thoughts when you podcast about it. Well, Mark, thank you so much. And yes, hopefully you've heard our thoughts and enjoyed our thoughts. And we want to hear your thoughts on episode three. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Mark, for your thoughts. I never got to watch The Strain, actually. I know it's, it's a show on sci-fi in the US, but I don't, I don't know whether it made it over here or whether or whether it just went to one of the streaming services over here, but I never got the chance to actually catch it. But I did hear good things about it. Uh, and I, I'd say this... Um, these tendrils that are coming out of the uh, of the infected are probably similar uh, to what I've seen, at least, of the, uh, of the Strain. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, totally with you, Mark. Um, and I think... Uh, Richard and a few of our other fellow survivors, uh, it was definitely hard losing Tess, mm-hmm. even though it was canon. Yes. And for those of our followers who are listening from the UK or Ireland, you can watch The Strain on Disney Plus. Oh, there you go. It's on Disney Plus. Yes. We, okay. We've still got three seasons of Manifest to go through on Disney Plus. So, yes. Um, and Snowfall. And Snowfall, of course. Yes. Uh, so we still have a few other things uh, to watch on there, but maybe, uh, maybe I'll catch up on the strain at some point uh, after this show finishes up. Excellent stuff. Thanks so much for all your feedback. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com if you have any further thoughts about episode one or episode two, or of course, episode three next week. We record on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. GMT. So, uh, so pop in your feedback to us uh, ahead of, uh, of that recording time and it'll be on the next podcast. Uh, you can also pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. 
Industries. There's a spoiler post there where you can uh, pop in your thoughts or chat with all the other fellow survivors about their thoughts about the episode as well. Exactly. Also, for those who uh, are looking for a lighter, cheerier, less dark uh piece of tv we are also covering star wars the bad batch each week as well mm-hmm. uh, but of course we will be moving on to the last of us episode three uh, entitled long long time which we will be bringing to you next week mm-hmm. i think it's called long long time that was the uh speculation but the speculation for this episode, um, its name is infected, and and I think Cordyceps was in the original title that was uh, that people had seen from the screeners. Um, so it might change. We think yeah. it's long, long time yeah. next week. Terms and conditions apply. Exactly. exactly. It's just going to be called a go in a galaxy far, 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 far away. <laughs> <laughs> potentially, potentially. But what we do know is we will be beating Nick Offerman's Bill next week, which we I'm will. really, really excited yes. about. Uh, looking forward to seeing Bill uh, in live action, particularly because. I love Nick Offerman as well. So um, We will be cool. also be meeting Frank as well, mm. I believe. Yes, thank you, fellow survivors, for joining us for The Last of Us. Can't wait to speak to you again next time for episode three. But remember, in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep making room for mushrooms. Bye. <laughs> Bye.